0: (coughs)
1: welcome back to our podcast within a podcast pottering around the threaded golden sphere surrounding mangum reeds we are three muggles who are super glad harry learned a summoning charm for the first task although only two of us are allowed to speak during this chapter for reasons that I am sure will become clear. Uh, my name is Sarah. I am joined, as always, by one co-host allowed to speak, Spencer, and one co-host who will remain si- silent for the duration. BJ, Spencer, how are you doing? I'm
2: doing fine. Very glad I've not earned a history to keep me out of this chapter. <laughs>
1: anyway so we are uh on chapter 34 of the fourth book of harry potter uh priori incantatum we have some segments that we do here we have a rapid fire recap which this is a very short chapter we um are issuing bj's wizard we this time <laughs> so that we cannot discuss um anything untoward over the course of this chapter family-friendly podcast that we are uh newbies notes with spencer uh we award house points hmm and then there are questions and queries and qualms and quibbles.
2: Indeed, there also will, in spite of your best efforts, be a segment by BJ, <laughs> and it will be fine. You will do the whole earmuffs thing, and it will be great.
1: <laughs> I, Professor Sprouts Mandrake, earmuffs. Yes,
0: <laughs> I have been I'm sure you have them on. Hand. I, have been I was going to say, and- fluffy
1: pink pair. Yes.
0: You are the only one on the podcast that has headphones that is a little bit more that style.
1: <laughs> That's, true. That's true. I should um, super glue pink fluff to them and we can go full on, <laughs> which will be really great for uh, my husband's work meetings that he also uses <laughs> for. <laughs> Whatever. In,
2: in the here and now, you have a 10-page
1: yes. chapter yeah. here,
2: which, as I think you noticed before the podcast, kind of just involves two categories of things. Mm-hmm.
1: How long do you think that's going to take you? So, I mean, it's a very short chapter. It's a short summary. One thing happens. Um, but I will, I feel like I have not put a bet in recently. So I'm going to go ahead and put a bet in, although it is these short chapters that get mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. me. Um, so my bet is actually going to be 135.
2: 135, solid bet. All right. The time is written down. I found the stopwatch stuffed under a pillow, so it is here too. Do you need Ready more? No, I really, (laughs) really don't. I know where the other box is. This is just the one. The rest stay in storage.
1: Wormtail releases Harry, who quickly realizes running isn't an option, giving his injured leg and encroaching Death Eaters. He's given back his wand, and Voldemort taunts him about dueling, forcing him to bow. All Harry can think is that the only dueling spell he knows is Expelliarmus, which doesn't seem like it would go very far against the Killing Curse he knows is coming. Voldemort immediately hits him with the Cruciatus Curse, which wrecks him. But he won't beg, even when Voldemort tries to place him under the Imperius Curse. Uh, but Harry is nothing if not stupidly, dangerously stubborn, and he knows how to fight this. After breaking the curse, he sends himself fly- uh, flying behind a headstone, and Voldemort launches a curse at him. Voldemort continues to mock him, and Harry decides that he won't die hiding. He emerges from behind the headstone and casts Expelliarmus at the same moment voldemort casts avada kedavra green and uh, red jets of light shoot from their wands and meet in midair in a golden glow and both struggle to hold on to their wands as they're lifted into the air released into a golden dome of light or enclosed in a golden dome of life light voldemort is shocked as harry um is as shocked as harry as he screams as the death Eater, at the death eaters to do nothing phoenix song fills the air and harry knows he has to do everything in his power to keep the connection between the wands he tries to push the light towards Voldemort, and as he does, ghostly, ghostly figures start emerging from Voldemort's wand, first a hand, then Cedric Diggory, who urges Harry to hold on, then the old man from Harry's dream who tells him to fight, then Bertha Jorkins, and then Harry's father, who assures him his mother is coming and wants to see him. When Lily emerges from the wand, she whispers to Harry that they, these ghostly figures can stay for a moment to delay Voldemort, but um, that he must get to the portkey immediately. Cedric wants his body taken back to his parents. When James gives the signal, Harry severs the connection, runs through the Death Eaters to Cedric's body, Akios the Triwizard Cup, and whirls away with Cedric. Voldemort's fury echoing around him. Well
2: then. bravo. Thank you. I'm thirty-seven.
1: Um, pretty well. I was gonna say a pretty straightforward chapter. Uh, a lot of stuff we don't know anything about in this chapter. Uh,
2: it, which seems kind of the point of it. This is a, this is a chapter that is built around us theorizing because none of the characters know what the hell is happening.
1: Correct. So I will have earmuffs on both for uh, whatever BJ has to talk about as well as whatever theories you all want to put forward.
0: So, go ahead. I just want to say that this is a very short chapter, but it is made shorter by the number <laughs> of sentences in the chapter.
1: Mm. Uh, fair.
0: And, and the interesting punctuation therein. I have a number of examples, and as I'd like to do, I like to call on members of the crowd, which <laughs> apparently there are only two, and force yep, them yep. to participate in my Weezings. Um, mm-hmm. And not only that... We get to start in almost right at the beginning of the chapter with a doozy. Um, I'm going to make Spencer do the first one. um, But Sarah, I do want your comments on whether this is proper comma use. Okay. um, Because um, I have been told by many times by many teachers that my use of commas is overzealous. And this is uh, (laughs) what I would say beyond the pale. So we are (laughs) the... Uh, first sentence of the second paragraph.
2: Yeah, there's only like 3 cuz the first sentence is like 5 lines long <laughs> I know <to> saying. <laughs> okay. There was a split second, comma, perhaps, comma, when Harry might have considered running for it, comma, but his injured leg shook under him as he stood on the overgrown grave, comma, as the death eaters closed ranks, comma, forming a tighter circle around him and Voldemort, comma, so that the gaps were mis- so the gaps where the missing death eaters should have stood were filled. Period.
1: So that is mm, the first half <laughs> of that sentence is correct.
0: Yeah, I think the second half isn't too bad either, maybe.
1: It perhaps should have been its own sentence. though.
0: <laughs> and I mean, the thing that, that surprises me the most is we have semicolons for for very good reasons apparently in some sentences and not in this one i guess you know they were running dry on her typewriter and needed to be reinked <laughs> or something yeah maybe uh, actually
1: this i think that this comma um between grave and as the death eaters closed ranks yeah. um yeah, that that actually semicolon. was a semicolon and to your point ah. bj the ink just ran a, it misstruck struck on the yeah. on the paper and uh, You know, we are in the fourth book now. Copy editors are terrified of J.K. Rowling. <laughs> mm,
0: mm, mm, mm. Um, so I, I will bring up that I. Before we started, there was a number of mentions of um Madlibs and other such things uh, with uh-huh. the number of ellipses that you can just open to literally any page of this chapter and uh bring up. Mm-hmm. Um but, so we have one that I'm going to do, and then I'm going to hand it over to Sarah shortly thereafter this. Uh, this is a couple pages in. Uh, the sent, the one that I'm going to start with uh, starts before Voldemort could stick his snake-like face. Um, so we have, before Voldemort could stick his snake-like face around the headstone, comma, Harry stood up, ellipses, he gripped his one tightly in his hand, comma, thrust it out in front of him, comma, and threw himself around the headstone, comma, facing Voldemort. Now, there are many things that I could assess about this, the most entertaining of which is, it is, back to our basics, a sentence paragraph.
1: (laughs) It is, yes it it is. Especially for you, BJ.
0: It is especially for me, but now, Sarah, I'm going to make you skip one sentence and read the next... We almost have a paragraph sentence. Um, It is just under. um, This is the jet of green light.
1: Yes, I gotcha. I see it coming. (laughs) (laughs) A jet of green light issued from Voldemort's wand, just as a jet of red light blasted from Harry's. M dash. They met in midair. M dash. And suddenly Harry's wand was vibrating as though an electric charge were surging through it. Semicolon. His hand seized up around it. Semicolon. He couldn't have released it if he'd wanted to, M dash, and a narrow beam of light connected the two wands, comma, neither red nor green, comma, but bright, comma, deep gold, period.
2: Damn, that's a doozy right there.
1: What would you like to talk about in this sentence, BJ?
0: It's it's impressive. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think we need to avoid the obvious, um... What what do you mean by the obvious, BJ? And and focus in on the arrays of punctuation that we have. Oh, okay. Um, And and just, you know, it's an interesting construction, um, but nowhere near as interesting as, uh, I think, these last two um, that I'm going to do... uh, or, or these next two that I'm going to do because I do have more and we might, you know, sort of skim <laughs> through them because literally we'll be reading half the chapter with these crazy <laughs> sentences.
1: Yeah, I feel like we're mm. going to run into copyright issues here in a minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it under 30 seconds. It's fine. Okay. Um, he concentrated every last particle of his mind, forcing the bead back towards Voldemort. Comma. His ears full of Phoenix Song. Comma. His eyes furious. Comma fixed ellipsis, and slowly comma very slowly comma the beads quivered to a halt comma and then comma just as slowly comma they began to move the other way ellipses and it was voldemort's one that was vibrating extra hard now ellipses voldemort who looked astonished, comma and almost fearful ellipses that, my friends, is another sentence paragraph. <laughs> not only that, but it is followed with another one.
1: <laughs> oh, and I was just about to say, oh, wow, there are four ellipses in that. And then I looked at the next paragraph and oh, I believe it has it's not a beat. Quite.
0: It, it, so we do have a period <laughs> oh, that's um, right. um, early on. Uh, but this one where we get a lot more vibrating, but we do get a sentence that has, let me count it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven ellipses in it um we're just going hog wild with all of the ellipses that weren't in the rest of this book because I do remember ca- commenting about this in the last book how sure. some of these chapters were insane and she's just been building up the, the uh peak of this book is not in the action it is the ellipses were held back until this chapter to where they could all be deployed most effectively. hmm <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the problem is now for the denouement, we're going to have nothing but a paltry few m dashes and maybe five ellipses. I don't you know, I don't know how she's going to do it.
1: Well, BJ, she had to store up all of these ellipses in order to on the page specifically indicate these pulsing beads of light that are going back and forth between uh- these two wands.
2: She was told she couldn't do a picture book, so she decided to do all the little pulses
0: with actual with actual little ellipses dots. Yeah,
1: we're really, I mean, this is I mean it's a good
0: thing she didn't try and put a wand in there with, you know, some eights and equals.
1: Well, there and... are so there are more M dashes in this uh, in this chapter yes, than we have is had true. recently. <laughs> it's really um, quite and Joycean I... if you think about it. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> full on Finnegan's wake.
0: Yes. Um so I will mention that we have two more actual sentence paragraphs, one starting in a Harry ran, which is one of the bigger ones. Um, and then towards the end uh, from a muffled yell Uh just about to finish the chapter. So I think we have four true on sentence paragraphs um, and about three more that there are two sentences and one is a short normal sentence like you would have to break down in high school and or middle school or whatever and the other is an example of what not to do that you might have that if you would have written a teacher would have brought out your paper and say see this this is not good in grammar do not do this
1: I don't you know as we have said many times before BJ when the action gets fraught As goes the action, so goes the punctuation.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, how else are you going to uh, describe vibrating wands without the Morse code to go with it?
1: <laughs> and there it is. Spencer.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you for that transition. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, for, well, for Newbies Notes, first question um, this is both is to comment. <laughs> you guys, do you guys have the, the opening
0: image? You got a, a distinct shake of the head to your question. It's like, no, this is not time for questions. This well, is it, this is newbies notes. Notes are notes, it's, not questions. It's, it's more of, it's more of a
2: commentary. But do you, do you guys have the opening image of the chapter in front of you? Yeah, um, I will momentarily. I'm I'm assuming those are Voldemort's eyes or the or the snake's eyes. But man, did I have to have distinct Cheshire cat vibes when I was looking at that opening image? Yeah, of the it
1: does. It does feel really Cheshire cat. I'm trying to figure out. I couldn't quite remember what these eyes were either i mean the because they do have the like the pupils are look like cat eyes to so that i I
0: believe that voldemort's eyes were described as having cat like slits okay
1: were they
2: my my guess is it's voldemort because who the hell else could it be in this chapter nobody else has described any, any measure of detail but it very much looked like the Cheshire cat's about to spring onto the page and start saying weird things to us. Yeah, and also,
1: there, there isn't a ridge for a nose in this picture either. It seems like there might be a truncated nose. Yeah, truncated I mean, nose, it, it might indicate
0: it's, Voldemort. It's sort of indicated. The other thing that I find very weird is in my head, I decided that the face should be red. But there's absolutely no color on the page just the shading yeah
1: because the eyes even i i have long since decided that those eyes should be green like a Mm -hmm. sort of sickly chartreuse green
0: yeah i was gonna say you know that sort of yellowish yeah yeah yeah.
1: um so all right it's voldemort is the only thing that makes sense there but it's still weird it's a it's a weird image
2: there's a lot of artistic uh, bin that's going into depicting that rather than necessarily what's described
1: mm-hmm. but
2: Vold- for Voldemort himself I joked last chapter that he was a leave it to me kind of villain he literally yells that out like three times this chapter it's just it's he's treating Harry like a cat treats a little you know mouse that it caught whatever else mm-hmm. but the purpose is not for necessarily his own amusement the purpose is theater for the crowd this is all about ego and proving himself mighty and that he's got the biggest wand so that he can really just I have to. Come on, please. Uh, so that you can clearly banish any rumors, any claims that there is anyone more strong than he, that this boy was not the one that defeated him. And I almost would accuse him of having, you know, Bond villain blindness for how this chapter ultimately plays out. But his. I don't think it's fair to say he had any real ability to predict what the hell was about to go down. No, no I mean, this
1: is the. the... This is entirely unexpected to literally everyone in this scene.
0: Yeah. The the square off is very reminiscent of Spaceballs, though. It was a mix between my mind of
2: Spaceballs and Big Trouble in Little China in terms <laughs> of how it plays out. And yeah, that works. Uh, as you noted, Sarah, I swear Expelliarmus is the only spell that Harry knows. But he has just slept through every class ever, and that's just the only one that ever comes to mind. L- Luckily, he proves at the end somehow he remembered something else.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But but till then, he sel- he just keeps repeating Expelliarmus in his head over and over again.
1: Well, he does have uh, a calling card.
0: I mean, they're basically the two two sides of the same spell. Yes. Like, get away from you, get it to me. True, yes. He
2: just Fair. learned the equal and opposite. Okay, I just I lost respect there. Thank you, BJ. <laughs> I counted you for that. It was, interesting. it was an interesting choice of where I'm so used to the villain just trying to get a rise out of the hero, about just hitting him with something you know is going to piss him off. The fact that Voldemort actually took the time to compliment Harry's dad and encourage Harry to follow a similar path was an interesting choice that may say something about Voldemort I wasn't expecting it's been very easy for him to try to get Harry pissed that Harry emerges. But it's not the scenario he wants to set up. And so he actually tries to encourage Harry by means of a heroic example of his father. And it's a very interesting choice for how he wants this scene to play. He doesn't want Harry to just emerge and die. He needs this to be a scene that people write histories about for the purpose of his new future order.
0: I mean, you were saying like he is playing to his crowd and it's very much a see this is what happens to heroes because he knows that his followers are sort of maybe not equal as- parts, but like somewhere between fearful and awful. Mm-hmm. And and at least a significant
2: portion of them feel like they've been abused and oppressed by heroes in the past, or at least those that society holds
1: up as heroes. Mm-hmm. But it is, I think, to to both of your points, it is then interesting that he can maneuver that to, at the same time, play to what actually speaks to Harry. Um, because yes. that is really effective. And, you know, we learn in, in later books, obviously Voldemort is back now, um, we learn in later books just about the the specific... And really um, effective ways that he has of manipulating people around him.
2: Well, it works beautifully here because Harry's just repeating kind of it's almost exactly what Voldemort told him throughout the rest of the chapter.
1: Almost word for word, yeah.
2: Uh, in terms of other things that Harry's repeating, Moody's training damn well worked out well when it came to that Imperio curse. Constant vigilance. <laughs> <laughs> Justified. Completely another way. Mm-hmm. A life of sheer paranoia and trash can attacking Validated in this given moment. (laughs) Uh, And also, as you noted, Sarah, just the sheer stubbornness that is Harry.
1: He's got that going for him. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, It's interesting to see, Harry fully, 100% embraces the Gryffindor ethos, the the ethos, the idea that, you know, I'm going to hold the line and die standing just because that's what we do. But as you noted, Sarah, it's an ethos that Voldemort just inserted in his head for the picture of being stereotyped for all of his followers. Mm-hmm. He needs him to be the heroic dying uh, you know, uh, Gryffindor because that's what everyone expects of them. So it sets up the perfect kind of stage play of trope characters that Voldemort wants to play out here for an audience. As for the scene with the golden orb and the lines and the wands and the light shooting out everything else, this all just seems like a scene designed of and then there were questions. <laughs> so, yeah, we're not meant to have the slightest goddamn clue what is happening. Even, as you know, Voldemort is baffled in a way that I don't think anyone's seen Voldemort be baffled before. If he was baffled, he'd hide it. Mm -hmm. But this crosses the threshold that even he can't hide it. Uh, My interpretation, at least my theory, is they want us to believe, or this is is feeding into Voldemort's every nightmare, that people are going to leave this thinking, oh my god, Harry's actually strong. No, no, no. Uh, This seems to be two brother wands meeting kind of thing. Of where we know before that they share, uh, I believe I remember this correctly from, like, book friggin' one, uh, a feather, I think, from the same phoenix. Mm-hmm. The phoenix only gave two, and there's one in each. Mm-hmm. BJ, you were gonna say seven.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's a phoenix feather, and I also can't remember, are there other phoenixes?
1: Yes, there are. Okay. We have uh, only so... met one phoenix, you are right, but there are, there are. I mean, they're rare creatures, but...
0: Right. I, it was just a wondering if this is from a phoenix, a particular phoenix, and maybe why Dumbledore always has a little drop on everything that Harry does because there's a phoenix that might be spilling the beans.
2: I actually have a question on that point of what we know about the, the, the phoenix later, but we will come to that and see Sarah not answer it. Uh... So th- that's my idea and it further just feeds into almost a certain degree of sympathy for Voldemort at what's supposed to be his epic moment. There is absolutely no way he could have anticipated that. The the last moment he was on the scene, that wand cl- the other wand clearly didn't belong to Harry or anybody else and only one other person that we know of knows that those two wands are, you know, out
0: there in the world and shared by these two people. Also kind of crazy because that sort of implies that There's been a wand that has been sitting there for, like, 30 years, just, like, chilling in Ollivander's, like, shop, Mm -hmm. waiting to be picked up by somebody.
1: Oh, the wand chooses the wizard, BJ.
0: Sure. Um,
2: It it does raise practical questions for me, because... This appears to be something that nobody immediately just yells out, oh shit, it's joined wands, or oh shit, it's wands from the same source. This seems to be something not everybody's immediately aware of could be even a thing that could happen, which either frames this as a one-off kind of miracle or two incredibly powerful wands meeting, but the fact that Harry almost seems to have a voice talking to him from his wand when it comes to this? Even though I have a theory, I'm still left with questions as to why this is playing out as it does. Uh, Add to that ghosts emerging from Voldemort's wand, and I'm waiting for Daddy Dumbledore to explain what the hell happened come come a couple chapters from
0: now. So I have a theory on this, but it doesn't... It it leads to more questions. Um, But my theory is that whatever is happening is uh, somewhat related to the... uh, Avada Kavadra spell that this is sort of like a reversal of that so mm-hmm. like the people that he killed are coming back because Harry disrupted the Avada Kavadra spell and so like all of those souls or whatever are sort of stole, stored within whoever cast it and my guess is that's why it's an unforgivable curse not because it kills them And because like each of the other curses give power to give a lot of power to the wielder of the curse. And that other one is just killing somebody, if that's all it is. And so if it's instead of killing somebody, like absorbing their essence or soul, you know, you become more powerful, or something else is entailed in that curse, then it makes a lot more sense. Because there have got to be other ways that you can kill some, you can push them off of Uh, a cliff or whatever and that'll kill them but that's not an unforgivable curse and
1: there are other spells that will kill you um not in quite such an immediate way perhaps but i think that you know and we'll talk more about this later but i do think that like we've been kind of dancing around there is something particular about the way that the killing curse works ...that is different from from any other spell.
2: hmm And that's a very interesting thought, because we've seen previously that you can basically be healed from anything. That basic baseline death or serious injury is a mild inconvenience in the Wizarding World. But this one is an exception. You are unrevivable. It's almost like, as you noted, they can't connect the spirit back to the body to bring the two back together. And if they're literally being imprisoned or away or prevented from moving on or whatever else... Yeah, that could foster into a complete anathema to how this world otherwise runs.
0: Because, I mean, we have evidence that you can do a lot of things with your essence. Mm -hmm. Uh, One being just become a ghost and continue teaching. Um, Another is, at least partially, you can imbue it in inanimate objects. And Mm -hmm. so, given what... These two things together, it it implies something else. Um, And then... I'll ask it again when we get to questions. But then the question is Is this just up until where Voldemort, like the point that we knew something was going to happen? Or did Voldemort not just cast this a lot because of what it is? Or did he have other people doing it, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Well,
2: well, last couple notes, n- notes for me so we can rush on then. Uh, yeah, I said, uh, is it pronounced ASIO or Acio? ACCIO. In terms of. Accio for for the win We we kind of already spoiled Discussed that last chapter But I really enjoy the return and reuse Of that spell, Mm -hmm. it's a nice degree of character growth It's a nice degree of, this is a guy who's actually Accumulating knowledge as a result of the school Rather than just surviving events day to day And finally just a degree of sympathy for Voldemort Could this have gone less according to plan Could this have gone more off the rails Compared to what he actually wanted
1: The scenario to play out as it's 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 not good for him, which actually is a is a pretty good segue into winners and losers of this chapter.
0: Yeah. Please. Um, but, I, I... So before we get into it, just I also wanted to mention that he does use the death curse on Harry, and that's got to be for a reason. So another thing for like the importance of this spell mm-hmm. and probably the importance of a specific enemy to bring him back. Winners and losers. losers.
2: Uh, I think we have an idea on who the loser is. Should we start there? Yeah. So, Um,
1: Wormtail. So, (laughs) perpetual loser that he is. (laughs) Um, for the two sentences we see him over the course of this chapter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh -uh, uh uh So
1: it's got. I mean, it's got to be Voldemort. None of this happened. to, to your point, Spencer, none of this happened according to plan. And I mean, when you, when, just blanket statement, when you as a character end a chapter on an echoing scream of fury. <laughs> probably,
2: it was probably a good representation of how things went for you.
1: You've got to at least be on the list of options, right?
2: And it's, it's also just such a high to such a low. This man began this chapter at the crowning moment of his return. This is a guy returning to the fore, mm-hmm. reappe- re- re- reappearing in the world to assert dominion over it. And this is him banishing the demons of his past in the form of Harry Potter in it's front his... of an audience. Let's
1: right. also point out,
0: yeah, in front of, of his be... the, the the stragglers of his followers, like re-announcing his reign. Yes,
1: yeah, th- th-
2: this will be the subject of histories. This will be the foundational event for his return to glory. And it went to shit in the course of ten pages.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, clear loser. I mean, winner, we really only have two characters over the course of this chapter. Um, although we do have some ghosts, I suppose, but they are dead. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I am going to put Harry as winner for this chapter. Of course, because he d- he does end up getting away at the end of this chapter, which is which is one thing. Although, I guess we have to see if that actually worked at the beginning of the next chapter um but i also want to put him as winner of this chapter because although he doesn't have time to process it now seeing his parents ghosts come out of this spell come out of voldemort's wand is just a i'm not going to say that it's like completely positive for him because obviously it's it's really traumatic but it's a big deal for him um
2: it's also interesting how well he processes it compared to where the, how he's done in the past yes. whenever he's seen his parachute. Mm-hmm. I mean, previously he shut down. This was the kind of thing that he could have been lost in himself just at the image of them appearing. Mm-hmm. Now he not only processes it; he runs with it, works with him, and does what he needs to to survive the scene.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's a little bit um, a sort of fight or flight response. Like he is, he is there for this. But I also think that he was probably prepared somewhat for it in ways that he wasn't in other times that he's seen his parents by the fact that these other ghosts came out first. Um, True. So there was at least a little prior warning of what was going on, even if it wasn't necessarily that Lily and James Potter were going to emerge from the... The ghosts of Lily and James Potter were going to emerge from the tip of Voldemort's wand.
0: And the Ghost of Christmas Future. But, I mean, we also do have a little bit of um, an explanation of why he has seen his parents and, like, what his parents did. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think that in the previous books, we've gotten a lot more... He's gotten a lot more... Background to like what's going on in right. his head mm-hmm. and what happened with his parents mm-hmm. and a little bit about like what that magic is, so it's not as unexplained and jarring
1: that's true, and kind of two I think that's a really good point because also leading into that is we had extensive discussions in the last book of how ambivalent Harry felt about the dementors because mm-hmm. he started to look forward to hearing his mother. Um, even if it was in her last moments, uh, that that actually became a sort of comfort for him. Um, Yeah, so I think that's a good point.
0: I forgot how messed up that was.
1: It's real rough.
0: It's uh, Dementor Syndrome rather than Stockholm Syndrome (laughs) in the uh, Wizarding World. It's Lotus Eater. Um, One one further
2: point for Voldemort as well. If we're like Lucius Malfoy just watching this, don't you report back afterwards that Voldemort got his ass kicked by Harry Potter again? To who? Isn't that... <laughs> his family. <laughs> but, I mean, if you're just... If you have no idea what's happening, mm-hmm. and you just watch this, you're looking at this going, Harry Potter held off Voldemort, summoned
0: ghosts, knocked him back, and got away. Well, yep. I, I mean, just,
1: we'll see how that and goes. I mean, also...
0: Kind of seems like um, pocket sand or or some other similar. Like he didn't really win a fight. <laughs> he he did a thing and didn't die, but it, it's not like they went three rounds and Harry was standing at the end. So. It- he picked Voldemort up like a plaything,
2: they flew through the air, they landed, he summoned a golden dome to surround them. Okay,
0: well, I wouldn't
1: he, say I, he picked Voldemort up, I would did, say that they, they were
2: creative rewriting. <laughs> I know, I'm framing this as somebody's going to explain this to somebody like, I got some juicy gossip. <laughs> That's a perfectly accurate interpretation of events, it's just an opinion on it. But it, it just all the further adds to, man, did this go the exact opposite of what Voldemort wanted people to talk about. Yes.
1: Um, questions?
0: Yes. A few. Any
1: that I can answer? Maybe. Any that you um, don't think will be answered in the next two chapters? <laughs> you, can t- yes. you can tell you us if so. Ask away.
2: Were these the actual ghosts of the individuals that Voldemort has killed? Or Voldemort actually Worm... No, I'll rephrase. The Wand has killed. Because Cedric's there and Wormtail killed him. So it's the Wand.
1: It is the Wand, and that's a that's a good distinction to make. So this sort of gets explained later. It's a type of ghost. It's not like Professor Binns or Nearly Headless Nick or something like that. They do not exist after um like they they disappear and dissipate after this they're not wandering around in the world like we're not we're not going to see them again um i would think about them more more just like shadows um or impressions because like the one thing that i will point to again and this is not to overall dispute your theory bj but I think that it needs tweaking just in this particular instance of it, because one of the one of the shadows, one of the ghosts that comes out is of um, Wormtail's hand. Um, yeah. So it's not a person coming out. It's not specifically yeah. limited to the killing curse at that point. Um, I think I can say without too many spoilers that like, you, you made a lot of other good points in this theory. Um, <laughs> I just think it's a little scope creep on this particular this particular right, instance, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Did we see Voldemort cast Cruciatus or Crucio uh, without speaking?
1: Um we might
0: so it it oh, did not say point. that he did, yeah. but like I I guess I didn't really want to read that into what happened because if he did that's kind of insane
1: yeah in
0: like the world of things and also kind of insane that presumably this is something that just takes a lot of practice and a lot of work mm-hmm. um are the dueling rules such that like you have to say something to cast this because like why i mean i mean i know we're going with the bond villain things right but, like
1: um I don't so I think that it is unclear in this writing if he if he said Crucio when casting the Cruciatus curse um but I will say that in the movie adaptation um that he he does say Crucio um Okay I would imagine partially so that our our viewership knows what's happening <laughs> and it's not right. just Harry writhing in pain on the ground for no discernible reason um but I think I think that he probably did actually audibly cast Crucio here. We're just not specifically told it in the narration.
0: Um, Yeah, I guess that's kind of what I figured and why I was asking. Because, like, we do have that option of unvoiced casting.
1: Yes. I don't Um, know that many people can do it with these unforgivable curses. Like, I think... I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember if we see it or not. But I, my, my guess would be that for these unforgivable curses, like you should probably say them out loud before
0: you. Guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then to follow that up, can you explain a little bit about spells missing? Because that was uh, weird. Yeah
1: yeah and we see that a lot more going forward because there are a lot more like specific fight scenes. Mm-hmm. um, so it really um, and it, 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 the the movies I think, do a good job of sort of showing a like physical effect of a spell or especially a curse, um, yeah, going through like moving through the air so that you can see that they really have to be directed and targeted um okay. And that becomes pretty consistent through the rest of the book. So you can't just, like, stand in a room with someone and cast the killing curse and have them die. It actually has to be directed at a person um, mm. in the same way that that these other curses do. Or, like, a stunning spell even um, mm-hmm. has to be actually directed at somebody. So, you know, they actually can miss... Um,
2: it's interesting too. They've got force and mass because they have a decided effect on the <laughs> stones that
0: they
1: hit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yep. That was the other curious thing to it. Um, I, I'm sure there is some physics paper somewhere that talks <laughs> about the um, conversion of of uh, spell force into energy. Um, and I just thought of a question. And just tell me if this well, if if it's answered, then I'll know a thing, can you cast uh, spells through mirrors? Like, can you bounce something off of a mirror? Because it's sort of one of those things that, that like, is this a, like, intention of will that mm. gets, you know, co-opted? Or is this just, like, literally it's line of sight kind of deal?
1: I'm not sure that it's super consistent in the books, but there okay. are there are points... And I think we get one in the next book where spells are ricocheting off of things. so there is okay. oh. there is like evidence in oh. the text that spells like really are kind of uh, actual are, things are, in the world. Are
0: there armor is is there armor that like people use at some point?
1: Hmm.
0: If not, because then that's that's kind of a disappointing. Or like a shield or something, because yeah. like, it seems like this is a prime thing to literally have a shield that is somehow magically ensorcelled, <laughs> because what just you can to, block just a
2: straight it. up, just a straight up Medusa shield, of where it's you know it's so shined it's <laughs> reflecting so you can see where you're going.
1: Yes. Yet. Um. I mean, there are shield spells, but those have to be cast yeah. essentially at an right. individual curse coming or spell coming at Paraclays. you to deflect Paraclays. it. Um, yeah so on an individual kind of spell to spell basis, but mm-hmm. there, I mean, there are protective charms that you can kind of put around you. Mm-hmm. I think that those take a lot of energy to keep up. And I don't think that they're particularly, um, They I, for reasons I can't even pretend to explain, um, they work better around like buildings and things than, than right. around humans.
0: Okay. And I guess, like, I was thinking more of, like, well, we have Gondrick's sword. Mm-hmm. Is there, like, a Ravenclaw book and, or, you know, or, or, like, a shield of, uh, a Hufflepuff shield? Because clearly they're going to be cowering behind a shield and, and eating a <laughs> snack rather than, like...
1: <laughs> I'm, I believe it's the Hufflepuff serving spoon that you're re- <laughs> referencing.
2: I'm just picturing not just picturing of Puppes to set up a massive Pavisay shield and then Nibbles. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Fox the source of the two feathers that occupy these wands, or is that something that we should not know from until later? I,
1: I don't think that it hurts you to know. We learn in this book it is Fox that has given these two feathers. Um, gotcha. Yes. Whip. Fox Whip. is that phoenix, because of course it's Fox that is that phoenix. What,
2: and it works better than it yes. is, given some of the things that happened in this chapter. Yeah. Um, I have one more, BJ. Do you have another one?
0: Go ahead. I have I have so many more, but... <laughs> what,
2: th- this may just be a question of like dramatic reveal rather than necessarily logic, but the people that are emerging from Voldemort's wand distinctly are in the order of death.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But Harry's mom is last. Shouldn't she have been before Harry's dad?
1: Yeah. I think she should have.
2: Because she died last. So she'd be earlier coming out of the wand than Harry's dad because he died earlier.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that that is an inconsistency because it is supposed to be as it is supposed to be in the order, reverse order of
0: it's, it's when the they were cast. And... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I think that so, that is an inconsistency.
2: Um, uh, is, is that just an inconsistency or is there a reason for it other than the dad wanted to set up a more dramatic moment because the guy understands theater?
1: I, I think it's I think it's ghost drama that we've got going
2: on. <laughs> they don't have much to do. <laughs> they need to set the stage right. It's
1: the ghosts in the sorting hat who have all of this time to figure out exactly how <laughs> the entrance they want to make.
0: Unsurprisingly, one... James Potter does not cue well. fair gotcha
2: okay this works it it seemed inconsistent so I was curious whether there was a reason for it other than it's just more dramatic for his mom to go last Mm -hmm.
1: I'm pretty sure that's it okay
0: ghosts and drama understood (laughs) Um, but also like I could see it being tied to uh, kind of like some other things like essentially she was diet like it's unclear. I guess I don't remember. Like, did he? What, were were all of these deaths Avada Kavadra? Like, it, is that how? About the, right, the hand.
1: Not the hand. Right. Not the hand. But the, like... the deaths were. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So it, it's not like he. It's not like the dead was mortally wounded and just happened to die a little bit after her or something. This was. This is an instantaneous death spell. It's I was, I was thinking yeah. more the
0: other way around. Like Lily Potter was basically dead and then threw herself in front of the mm-hmm. killing curse that mm-hmm. was supposed to kill Harry Potter, mm-hmm. essentially. And that uh-huh. that's why like she would ha like she was essentially dead before that, but like mother's love and whatnot and Harry Potter's scar. Actually, I do have a question that is somewhat germane, um, why isn't Harry's scar just, like, going freaking nuts? Or is it because Voldemort has finally materialized?
1: Um, so I, I think that there's so much else going on, perhaps, that his scar is...
0: I mean, but it, it caused him to black out. Yeah. Like, this this isn't an amount of pain that, like, you're scared and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or because the when that happened was when Voldemort cast avada Kavadra. so like we just i like i don't know just it seems like either this is another this chapter has two inconsistencies or we no longer have a painful scar um will it affect harry in the future
1: yeah i mean i think it 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 does um but I'm trying to remember if it gets as acute as it has before because I think that at the he starts talking about how the his scar kind of always prickles now that Voldemort's back um hmm. because he's like actually more powerful and physically closer than is no matter where he is really um than he was before mm.
2: It, it almost comes across just given given how much it was acting up in the last chapter, it's almost like that moment of when the you know that the stove is the stove is on the stove is on fire, or whatever else, mm-hmm. and your smoke detector's going nuts. and so you're like, I'm aware and you' then turn off your smoke detector. <laughs> it's like, I'm aware Voldemort's here. I don't need you now. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: So hmm, wait a second i'm I'm going sorry, I'm going back for just a second to this question of James and Lily. And who died first Because actually I don't necessarily know That we know that Lily died Second the,
2: Because the
1: pres- Oh go ahead the,
2: man, I'm, I'm curious to Go through memories of this because The way I remember of the Dementor dream mm-hmm. That we always see was that James had like died trying to hold the stairs mm-hmm. And then now Voldemort's Up there alone with Lily Zaps her yeah. and then goes for the baby.
1: Yeah, because yeah, because James is holding him off. So that's right.
0: But uh, but I do I don't know that we know that James died holding him off. Yeah, fantastic. No sure.
1: Yeah, he talks about I'm trying to read to just to see if I can get like an answer to. Because yeah. um because and the only reason I bring it up again is because um um. No, well, I don't. The Harry Potter wiki says that um, that James was killed first with a Killing Curse, and then he found Lily and Harry locked in the bedroom.
2: Ghost love drama.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I think. So, that's which it. one
0: of us is going to go to Twitter and call this out? <laughs>
1: Um anyway, sorry to, to derail that. It was uh it no, was bother. true point. Yeah. Um uh, other questions.
2: It's a 10-page chapter. We've asked like 11 questions. I think we should stop.
1: Good enough. Um okay, so next next time we have chapter 35 Veritaserum.
2: Say and... that again cuz you, you, you aced that <laughs> one in the way I was just
0: struggling to even read it.
1: Veritaserum.
0: I like it. <laughs> Um, I mean, and, and what's even better is we almost have a portmanteau holding it. <laughs> hmm.
1: So this has been fun, guys. It has, As, indeed.
0: as usual, um, I'm looking forward I, I, to, uh, I'm kind of know. surprised how many chapters are still in this. We have a
1: lot of shortage <laughs> chapters left. Yeah.
0: It, this
2: is like the moment of when usually there's two chapters left, and one of them is Dumbledore summarizing what happened. The next one's Harry going home. We've got still a few. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's three. The last chapter is long, ish. Is Actually, yeah. the second to last chapter is long. Shoot. Hmm. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, We're coming did, into did yes. long, long chapters, long
1: explanatory chapters. These last three chapters um. are.
0: And we also have a slight foreshadowing of things need to continue happening in the next chapter, Spencer, if you were paying attention to some wink-winks and nudge-nudges that we got, like, five times.
2: Looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Bye, y'all.